Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. What's up and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fanatics Podcast for Episode 7, Gracie. We're closing in on halfway, but in the meantime, how are you going today, dude? Yeah, no, going well. Um, obviously, yeah, another week down, seven weeks. And, um, you know, how about them Patriots, eh? Just a smashing win against uh, against the Jets. So, you know, they're just flying under the radar, I reckon, Fitzy, the Patriots. So, we'll uh, con- continue right. to hopefully uh, win some more games. Let's kick the show off with that. I did have a note off the top here for the uh, when we cover our main headlines of the Patriots' big win, of course, the 54-13 victory over the New York Jets. Can you even count it against the Jets, Gracie? But the Patriots are 3-4. and four. They got the running game going in a big way, and maybe Bill Belichick's playbook's going to start looking to get it done on the ground a little bit more often because Damian Harris and J.J. Taylor both found the end zone twice. But that's definitely a big confidence booster, especially for Mac Jones. A couple of touchdowns in there, man. And as a Patriots fan, you'd probably be feeling pretty confident yeah they're playing uh safe uh football you'd say you know jones hasn't thrown too many interceptions so far this year so belichick's just playing it safe with his rookie quarterback and you know i guess just getting him into you know confidence and a routine and then um you know anything can happen but yeah they're everything's uh, i guess firing you could say and um look i don't know there's been a few teams that haven't been able to get a hold of the jets so far this year but uh yeah the patriots just uh, managed to get a hold of them and um it was a a good day out for a Patriots fan. Yeah, absolutely. And look, let's speaking of big performances, how about the Arizona Cardinals? We've been following them very closely. Now move to seven and zip with a big win against the Houston Texans. They're getting it done on offense and defense. And a man we'll talk about a bit more later on, Zach Ertz, adds another element to that team. They look unstoppable right now, Gracie. They've got a nice schedule coming up as well. But how about those Cardinals, dude? Like we've been on them from the start and uh, nothing's going to slow that bus down. Oh, no, it's pretty pretty cool how they can add Zach Ertz in. You know, they've got AJ Green as their, you know, wide receiver three. You've got Hopkins, who's, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the in the game. So, um, and then, you know, you've got James Conner as your running back as well, Fitzy. You know, it's just all happening. And then you've got Kyle Murray who can do it throwing and, and running himself. So, and look, let's not uh, shy away. Their defense isn't too bad either. So, um, yeah. you know, could, could it be their year? I don't know, Fitzy. I think... Uh, I'm still back in Tom Brady. They're they're playing some unbelievable football themselves at the moment. So I think it's out of the uh, the Cardinals and the and the Buccaneers at the moment. They're sort of the two, and probably the Bills uh, aren't too far behind. But uh, yeah, they're flying at the moment. The Cardinals. So I think there's it's actually yeah, this uh, betting thing going on sports bet of yeah. who's going to be their uh, first loss against. So uh, it's interesting to sort of follow that as well. So. Yeah, interesting. And, and watching their schedule, it's not too bad for the coming weeks. But one team that you didn't mention in there, the Packers do. They're 6-1 and one just randomly. But I did want to bring up that now the COVID thing's starting to pop up again. Of course, uh, uh, Lazard and Devante Adams have both been struck down. Apparently, Lazard isn't vaccinated. So that's kind of gone through the Green Bay camp. It's going to make things very interesting for this week. And fingers crossed, the COVID situation doesn't sort of play a part in the season. We thought we were sort of past it, but it sort of popped its ugly head up again. Yeah, it's unfortunate because uh, Lazard was a close contact to to Adams, so that's why he's going to miss. Um, obviously, it's a Thursday night football game, so they they won't clear the uh, protocols in time to be able to be cleared. But uh, look, Fitzy, if you're an Aaron Jones owner, I think you'd be quietly happy with what's happened there at the Packers because uh, I don't see anyone else getting many targets in this game, probably apart from uh, Dylan. But, uh, yeah, I think Jones might have a, a, an absolute blinder. So Yeah, well, after the week he's had, he's due for a big one, I would say. And there's a name I'll bring up later on in the free agency list.
list that I think everyone should consider this week. But the final headline I've got here for you, which is an interesting one, is Deshaun Watson. The trade is impending right now. It seems as though the Houston Texans and Miami have agreed to a trade. And, of course, that sort of affects our boy Tua over there. He had a huge game we'll talk about it in a moment. But the, the, the Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, his situation's an interesting one. We've got a superstar quarterback. I don't know how he's going to fit into Miami. They've got a young quarterback as well. Um, as long as, I suppose, Houston gets some good pieces out of there. But we know they're not great at trading. We go back to the David Johnson trade for, of course, De- uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's the winner out of this one was the question I was going to put to you. What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, it's a tough one because the NFL's also come out today and said they don't have enough information to comment on uh, Deshaun Watson's current situation, him being react or reactivated, I'd say, I'd say yeah. you call it, because obviously he still can't play um, for any team as far as I'm aware. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, yeah, if the trade does go through Fitzy and look at off. I mean, Tua will still be the starting QB unless they do trade him, but um, I, don't, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting uh, few days, I think, because it's, it's just building and building. So Yeah, has been for a while, mind you. So watch this space with interest, of course. But let's talk about the studs and duds of the week on the quarterbacks. And a guy that needs more respect, we talk about him just about every week, is Matthew Stafford. He led the Rams to a great win against the Lions, divisional rivals there. He had another three touchdowns. He found Cooper Cup another couple of times. But he's now sort of played himself into a top 10 quarterback. Uh, sort of discussion there, I think, Gracie. And especially the weapons at his disposal, he's obviously just going to be a reliable option week to week now. Oh, yeah, I think he's... Um, if you haven't got sort of, you know, those top top guys um, like an Allen or, you know, Mahomes or Prescott um, or, you know, um, Herbert, even Hurts, then um, Stafford's not too far behind. So, yeah, definitely a, a regular starter almost now. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And a guy that started in my team this week was Joe Burrow. He had a great game. In that, I'm not going to talk too much about how the Ravens played because that was just a very uncharacteristic loss by Baltimore. But they, the uh, the Bengals absolutely flogged them 41-17. And he had a day out, another 400 yards, three touchdowns. I had him as a bye week feeling, but he's not far off that conversation as well. And I'll tell you what, it's really good to see a young quarterback have so much confidence. And you see what it's done to that offensive sort of uh, presence, I suppose. Like Jamar Chase is having an absolute not a breakout season. He's, he's just a rookie, but he's having a huge season at the moment. And they're looking like they could really challenge for a uh, playoff spot now. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you do that to the Ravens. You're definitely going to catch a few uh, or catch a bit of attention from a few people. So, um, yeah, from watching a, a few of the highlights of that game, he just had the confidence just to throw it and let Jamar Chase do his thing. That's one big thing I regret from our fantasy draft. Fitzy is, I was going to pick up Chase, but I left it for the next pick and I uh, I didn't get him. And, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely uh, making the most of it at the moment. So, Yeah, and, and a bit surprisingly, really, like we've got Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins there as well, and Higgins has sort of been consistent all year, but I would have thought one of those guys would really take off. But I guess Joe's just got that connection with Ch- uh, with Jamar Chase, and it's just looking fantastic. But another guy that had a big game was our boy Tua. We've talked about him a couple of times now, actually. They had that loss to the Falcons, but he found the end zone four times there, four touchdown passes, 291 yards. Big performance on the eve of Deshaun Watson coming to town, Gracie. Maybe a little bit of a reminder to the the Dolphins organization that he's here to stay and he's the quarterback or the franchise quarterback moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. As, as we just touched on before, I think it's going to be a very, very difficult situation for him because he's a he's a unique quarterback, obviously left, left-handed fits. You don't see too many of them around yeah. uh, the traps these days. So, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's had... Sort of quite a few of his, I guess, star players out. You know, Waddle's been probably the only consistent one that's been there. 
Parker's um, obviously been out for quite some time and he's on the verge of coming back as well. So um, he hasn't had his full, I guess, compliment complimentary uh, offense yet to her. And, um, you know, we saw what he did on the weekend. They almost knocked off the Falcons. And, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting the next sort of few days, weeks, months, however long uh, it takes, I suppose, for, for Watson to be cleared and if the trade does get uh, get through. Yeah, watch this space, as we said before. But another guy before we move on here is Jalen Hurts. His string of 20-plus standard fantasy point games continues again. He's just got the safest floor of any quarterback right now. I'm starting to wonder where we sort of pick him in terms of draft position next season because he's looking like it's going to be a solid option, especially if that team sort of keeps getting better and better. But like this guy, Gracie, I don't think he's going to have too many 30-point games, but I don't think he's going to have any under 15 for the season. He's just looking all sorts of good for fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the 61 yards, like that would have put him under or close to that 15-point mark for the week. So, um, you know, he's the number two scoring quarterback at the moment, Fitzy behind Tom Brady. So um, he's uh, he's dominating at the moment. Obviously, uh, you know, their offensive line could do with a bit of work. They've had a few injuries there. And, you know, some of his offensive weapons have uh, been injured as well. So, but as you said, hopefully he can get better. He's still a young quarterback and, and plenty to, to improve. He's very much like a, 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 I guess, a raw uh, Lamar Jackson. I'd almost put it, obviously, mm. not as damaging on the ground. But, uh, you know, he's got some similar attributes there, there I'd say. So, um, obviously, with Miles Sanders out now, he's uh, he's probably going to take on a bit more of this running game himself. So, it's uh, good for Hurts owners, you would say. Yeah, 100%. Now, I read a rumor, and I don't know if this is actually anything to it, but Jordan Howard apparently is still around, and they've been talking about bringing him, bringing him back in. And we've talked about him a couple of times, just coming in to ruin Miles Sanders' fantasy value. But we'll talk about that a bit later on. But let's move on to the duds of the week. And we did have quite a few quarterbacks on a bye this week. But one guy we need to discuss, Grace, I'm going to throw this straight to you, is Patrick Mahomes. Of course, he left the game early with an injury. He had a couple, a couple of 200 yards passing. He had an interception and a fumble. I'll tell you what, I would not have expected the scoreline of the uh, Titans-Chiefs game at the start of the season, 27-3. to Of course, Mahomes' injury doesn't help, but what's going on? Tell me a bit about this Kansas City offense. It's just um, the teams are actually matching up there. They're stopping the long throws, so he's not getting those 60 to 80-yard passes to Tyreek Hill and getting the touchdowns. You know, we, we know how explosive... Tyreek Hill is, and, and last year and even the year before, he was, you know, just getting off the chain and, you know, it only take him two plays to score a touchdown in, you know, 40 seconds. So um, teams are actually setting um, an extra safety back and, and just guarding that long space, and they're giving up those, you know, 10 to 15-yard passes to a Kelsey or um, any of the other the wide, re- wide receivers there. So um, that's been the big, big change um, for Kansas City, and they just haven't been able to adapt um, you know, their running game was sort of up and going. And then, um, obviously, Edwards Hilaire got injured. So, that's sort yep. of set him back again. So, you know, it's not just Mahomes that's it's down. It's it's the whole team at the moment. Even their defense is awful um, at the moment. You know, I haven't seen it this bad for probably since Mahomes come to the Chiefs. So, um, look, you know, still a long lot of the season to go. And we know if they can make a, make it into the playoffs that they could r- literally do anything if they get, you know, Edwards yeah. Lair back fit and healthy. So, you know, Mahomes is still the fifth scoring quarterback at the moment and he's had a pretty awful year. I think you'd take that if you still drafted him fairly high. So um, yep. keep an eye on his injury designation for the week, but I think he'll be fine to play um, in the yeah. upcoming week. 
They're almost lucky they're in the AFC West there with the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos, who have sort of had their sort of hits and misses this season as well. So maybe some light at the end of the tunnel for the Chiefs. We'll keep an eye on that. Let's roll through to some running backs, Gracie, the studs and the duds. And I've got to throw up your boy, Alvin Kamara. He had a fantastic game in that win against Seattle. He had 20 rushing attempts, which is a lot for Alvin Kamara, we know. He also caught 10 passes, 11 targets, 128 yards, and a touchdown. That's the Kamara of old man, and you'd be very happy as a fantasy owner. He's just looking the goods. Yeah, I, uh, I in the matchup, I did say to the opponent that I'd buy a Camara jersey if he got me the win. I was down by 19 yeah, points, I think it was. And, uh, yeah, he scraped me over the line. So I was very, very happy with that. And I was true to my word and bought myself a Camara jersey. So that'll be on the way very shortly, hopefully, maybe for our next podcast. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> look, Camara's actually, uh, I've put in here, he's the youngest. He's actually the quickest uh, games-wise to 3,000 rushing and 3,000 receiving yards. So... The record was 70 games, um, and and he's beaten it with 66. So he now has the record for, for being the quickest to, to that mark. So, um, But, yeah, as you said, it's the Camara of old, what we've seen from Drew Brees' days and Winston just, you know, whenever um, they couldn't get the running game going, the, the Seattle have got a, a relatively good run defense. Uh, well, they did on the weekend. They, they were able to shut him down. But it was just those over-the-top passes when Winston was sort of getting rushed to just throw it over to Kamara. And all of a sudden, the field's wide open. We know how quick and elusive Kamara is. So he was able to get, you know, those 30, 40-yard gains and then finish off with a touchdown before halftime. And um, and it's just an amazing stat line. And hopefully he keeps it up for uh, all Kamara owners. Yeah, he got to love it. And I mean, that's how he made his, his his money when Drew Brees was under center, those little dump offs. And like he can easily get a game of 10 passes, 100 something yards and many touchdowns. So he'd be very happy with that. But let's give some love, Gracie, to the Patriots running backs. We kind of alluded to it off the top of the show. Damian Harris and JJ Taylor both found the end zone twice in that win against the Jets. Damian Harris, of course, is the sort of lead running back there. He had over 100 yards, but JJ Taylor snuck in there with a couple of sort of junk time touchdowns. But as we said earlier do you find that there's maybe a change in the Belichick playbook to maybe get on the ground a little bit more I mean we haven't seen this sort of production since you know like Eric Blunt had the 16 was it 16 or 18 touchdown game uh, season there a couple of years ago do you think maybe the, the the shift might be to like you said earlier playing it safe and keeping the ball on the ground yeah I think it is and and you know Mac Jones isn't taking any chances throwing the ball like if he doesn't have an option and gets out of the pocket he's just throwing it away mm. um, and you know they're just punting it up the ground so um, yeah, they're, they're just playing safe. No interceptions. Keeping, um, you know, the defense, their defense off the field for as long as possible. We know the Patriots do have a good uh, defense, but keeping them off for as long as possible um, has helped them obviously, you know, get to that three and four um, target that they're at at the moment, uh, yep. record that they're at at the moment. So, look, you know, they've surprised a few teams and, and gotten close in a, in a few others. Like they, they went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, uh, right to the end of the game, obviously just the experience of, of Brady um, won that. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit more of Damian Harris um, throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I love it. He's an incredibly talented running back. It's just the system they're in that sort of restricts their kind of upside, I suppose. And imagine if James White was still in the mix there. They'd be all sorts of good from that backfield. But let's talk about Dearness Johnson, Grace. He had a huge game Thursday night football and that win against the Broncos. Relatively low scoring affair, but 22 rushing attempts, 146 yards and a touchdown. He was fantastic. Of course, we know Nick Chubb's going to be coming back. If it's not this week, it'll be probably the one after. Kareem Hunt's going to be out for a little while. I think this guy's got some value moving forward and, and 
especially one to watch out for perhaps next season if he if he finds up finds himself in a different team. Yeah, I think um, he could be a lead running back in probably just about any any team that that needs one at the moment. So it's just unfortunate he's behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So as you said, Chubb uh, has trained lightly so far this week leading into to this coming week. So possibility he'll be back. But if not, um, Johnson definitely gets the start there. And um, Kareem Hunt, as you said, still probably three weeks away at the moment. So he will still get some of the backup work, but just don't expect... Uh, the 22 attempts um, if Nick Chubb's back. Yeah, definitely. And moving on to another guy here, DeAndre Swift. I think he needs a bit of love here, Gracie. I've got him in a couple of my leagues and he's slowly, slowly working his way into sort of that top 10 contention. He probably is fringe at best, I would have thought, once the season sort of wraps, wraps up. He had a very interesting game here. 13 rushing attempts, 48 yards, but the eight catches off the 10 targets for 96 yards and a touchdown is what's sort of turning heads at the moment. He's getting it done as a pass catcher. The opportunity isn't there as much on the ground for the rushers. I think that's more the Detroit Lions playbook, uh, so to speak. So I think he's I think he's up there. I think he needs a little bit more love. And especially as an owner, he's an every week RB2 play, flex play, depending on where you drafted him. But I think he's living up to the hype and I feel like he needs a bit more respect. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think he's an RB2 start for the moment. He, um, he did out-snap uh, Williams quite substantially uh, in the past week. So... I think he's he's going to be the go-to guy. He's a much better pass catcher and uh, and definitely obviously got rewarded on the weekend. That game was actually a lot closer than I think a lot of people would have thought you now against the Rams, high offense, and the Lions, who have been absolutely putrid this year. But, uh, yeah, it's um, it's good to see you know someone like that that you may have drafted low is rewarding you quite substantially at the moment. Yeah, I love it, especially because he had the hamstring, I think, in the preseason that was turning people off. So he sort of slipped down to the sort of fifth, sixth round and was a good pickup draft day. But let's turn our attention to the duds of the week. And a few of these are on my roster, unfortunately. And we're going to kick it off with Damien, Damien Williams. We know he missed that game the other week with the, being on the COVID list. But I think Herbert's sort of taken over his spot now, Gracie. I would suggest that he's possibly a maybe hold this week and see, but he's very close to a drop now, especially when we're going into these bye weeks and we need players that are actually playing. Yeah, I agree. I think Herbert has definitely jumped him in the the depth chart there, and obviously, you know, when Montgomery comes back, he'll be uh, he'll slot back in as well. But Herbert's been unreal um, at the moment for for the uh, Bears. So yeah, it's very very hard to to fit Damian Williams in, and and you know, I'd be very surprised if he if he gets much offense again this week. Yeah, it was interesting because even his uh, strength being a pass catcher, um, you know, they had Tampa Bay last week and you think they would have tried to get him involved because Tampa Bay is really good against the run, but he only had the one catch. So I think that's probably saying something. But another guy that's been traditionally pretty reliable is the big man, Mike Davis. He was basically non-existent for rushing attempts for only 10 yards. And I'll tell you what, man, Cordero Patterson, the nine-year or 10-year breakout is definitely well and truly on. He's the man to own in Atlanta. But very frustrating because Mike Davis has gen- generally been very consistent. He's a great pass catcher gets it done on the ground as well but i think his opportunities have all but dried up now yeah i think it's unless you stash him for in case an injury to patterson but uh yeah i don't see davis getting back the number one gig in this offense anymore 
Yeah, I just can't believe Cordell Patterson, of all people, the years he spent with the Vikings and whatnot, being pretty much non-fantasy relevant this year. He's an absolute stud, top 10 running back at this point. But let's quickly touch on Miles Sanders. We have already actually already during the podcast, but he got injured early in that game, Gracie. He tried to – he sort of started well and then the injury broke him down. But, I mean, as an owner, it's a frustrating circumstance, particularly drafting him a bit early. I think this might be the last time we'll put him on this list and uh, maybe brighten up your day if we talk about someone else. <laughs> Yeah, it is frustrating. Obviously, you know, drafting him as an RB two, um, hoping that he would have a you know a pretty good year. And look, he was okay last year, but um, yeah, I think the factor of Hertz being a obviously a runner as well, and um, I think just throwing it a bit more to obviously the rookie Devonta Smith, and they got Regal there as well. Obviously, they had Hertz, and then um, obviously got goaded as well. So. Um, there's plenty of options there, but um, look, you know, fingers crossed he can bounce back in the second half of the year. And look, five yards per carry um, started the game pretty well, so he was, you know, looking in for a pretty good game. And then, yeah, obviously the unfortunately the injury happened, and uh, and he didn't take any further part. So look, fingers crossed he gets over his injury and, and comes back and rewards uh, all his owners. It's such a shame because you imagine a guy like this in a Tennessee or a Dallas system with that offensive line, they give him 20 carries a game. He'd be an absolute stud in this league if he had the opportunity, but it's not quite the case. But the last guy we've got to touch on here is Aaron Jones. First time I've actually mentioned him on the show, I'm pretty sure. They had that win over Washington, but... He didn't get a lot, to, a lot of usage there. Only the six rushing attempts, 19 yards. He had five catches for 20 yards, but obviously there's going to be a few outs this week for Green Bay. So you'd expect, as you said earlier, for him to have a, a bounce-back game because we know he gets involved quite a bit in the passing game. And they give him the opportunity on the ground. He should be able to bounce back pretty nicely. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. You're going to get the odd game like this from, a, you know, I guess a, an absolute gun or stud that you draft early. But, um, yeah, Aaron Jones is, you know, we, we know what he can do, and, and I think he'll be back at it this week with um, obviously so many players out for um, Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be looking for his main man. Yep, could not agree more. But let's move through to some wide receiver studs of the week and some very familiar names here, of course, kicking it off with Cooper Cup. He had another massive game in that win against the Lions. 10 catches off 13 targets. He's dominating right now. 156 yards and two touchdowns. Gracie, I'm just going to put one quick question to you. How high can this guy finish when we're looking at total season stats? He's got to be top three at this point quite easily, I would think. He's country miles ahead of the next wide receiver just quietly. Like, I think he's a good 30 points in a non-PPR league. So, um, that's massive. But, um, yeah, look, as long as um, Stafford keeps throwing to him, um, I think you'll you'll find that Cooper Cup will be yeah, one of the top targets. And, you know, you would have drafted him pretty low um, this year because obviously he didn't have a superstar year last year because of, of, you know, all the offense that they've got there at the Rams. But, um, yeah, you would have, you know, some people would have him as their, as their wide receiver too which would be absolutely loving life right now. But, um, yeah, I think he's going to finish it. I reckon he'll finish as a top wide receiver at the yeah. moment. I don't know if anyone else, unless they have a monster second half of the year, I don't see anyone else um, getting close, to be honest. No, nah, it's going to be potential out to guys like Devontae Adams to have a big sort of second half, but he's going to be out for who knows how long. And you've got guys in there like Tyreek Hill. I mean, we've obviously got the Patrick Mahomes situation, but the guy that's really nipping at the, nipping at the heels right now is Jamar Chase. He's number two, which has just basically come out of nowhere. He had another monster game. He topped 200 yards. He had the 201 one touchdown, eight catches off, 10 targets, Gracie. And I'll put here, this guy's a league winner. I think where you've drafted him, imagine if you picked up Cooper Cup round five or six, 
Banks and maybe one or two later you've picked up Jamar Chase. Like you are absolutely set. And I think Jamar Chase will be on a lot of championship rosters this season. Yeah, look, I've even seen some teams that have got Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and then Jamar Chase as your flex. Like you couldn't wow. have done any better in your draft. Um, even if you're running back, you know, you could have a couple of running backs that are averaging, you know, 10 to 14 points a game. Like you'd still be lo- absolutely loving life at that. But uh, yeah, if you picked up Jamar Chase late, um, you're very, very happy owner right now. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I really wish that I had him. He's just all sorts of fun and he's going to be one going forward to keep an eye on, possibly even to maybe second round pick next year if he finishes strongly but we'll see what happens and another guy that had a nice bounce back week here is Mike Evans of course Antonio Brown missed the game and he caught three touchdowns in his absence after a pretty weak game last week of only two catches for 27 yards he bounces back in a big way but it's Mike Evans man it's boom or bust apart from the first two weeks Fitzy when he was boom he's gone boom or bust every week so uh, I'd be benching him this week just quietly because he's due to have a low week so um, but yeah as we said it's it's a rotation that offense I think Godwin had um, over 100 yards himself and a touchdown and um, from memory I don't even know if Antonio Brown had a catch or if he was actually on the field to be honest so um, yeah it's uh, you know it's whoever whoever's on early for Tom Brady is usually who he tends to go to because he can he can rely on all, all of his um, wide receivers and options he's got there on the offense. Um, you know, obviously Gronk, who knows when he'll be back and he's going to be uh, have to slot back in there as well. But um, yeah, look, I'd bench Mike Evans this week and start him the week after. Yeah, that's probably the way the pattern's going. And another guy had a nice bounce back game after a few down weeks, plus in injuries. AJ Brown, we haven't spoken about him too much this year. He had 133 yards and a touchdown. A really nice bounce back game, Gracie, especially where he was drafted in leagues. But I suppose this is probably more what we expected. The target share is, of course, there regardless of his injury status. So if he stays healthy, this guy's going to be a top 10 wide receiver rest of season. Oh, I absolutely agree. And very nice bounce back game against a, you know, a very good team and, um, you know, obviously Henry um, still had a relatively good uh, day out himself as well. So, you know, their two top off- offensive weapons were on fire for them. So um, it's good to see. Definitely. And let's move through to some duds. And a guy that I think it's time to cut ties with, I've got him in a league and it's time to go, is Alan Robinson. It's the story of the season, Grace. He only had two catches. I saw a uh, couple of highlights of him being wide open and the field's just not looking his way whatsoever. I think the time's come that he must be dropped because there's definitely some more value on the waiver wire. Just what a shame for Alan Robinson. I'm so frustrated. Even in a 0.5 PPR league, he's barely rosterable at this point. And yeah, time to cut ties. Yeah, I've I've got him in our league, and I'm I'm just I'm holding him just to pray to God that he comes good. Like, uh, I, I totally agree. There's better options on the waiver wire, but you know, I just hope that they can build that connection because we know how talented Alan Robinson is. But as you said, and I, I I saw the same thing as well. You know, there's multiple times where he's been wide open and and Fields just doesn't have the connection and doesn't have the awareness of of where he is. So. Um, it's it's very unfortunate for Alan Robertson, and um, look, it's it's obviously going to affect his drafting next year um, as well. If this continues, you could pick up an Alan Robertson in like the second or third last round. Like it's going to be mm. insane. But uh, look, fingers crossed that they can get it together there, and um, and and hopefully, you know, Alan Robertson can have a good second half of the year. 
Yeah, fingers crossed. But I think he's a drop for me. I'll, I'll keep I'll keep working through the little waiver wire. But uh, another guy that's uh, I reckon probably prime for a bounce back soon. Grace is Brandon Cooks. And he was on fire early in the season with Tyrod Taylor, who is sort of due to come back in the next week or two. He's been very quiet since then. But I just wanted to see. Do you reckon he's a buy low option? I mean, he's seen he's shown in the past and, and especially earlier this season that he's a consistent at least flex possible buy week fill in. Do you reckon he's a guy that you might go out and uh, and buy low? especially he's had the target share even with Tyrod Taylor out but with him back in hopefully he can get back to those sort of early season ways yeah I totally agree I, th- I think you can try buy buy low on him and and try and swing a nice trade there because as I said he had scores of 13.2 13.8 and 11.7 those first three games while t- Taylor was playing so it's just the fact that uh, our HR guys are uh, gone into QB and uh, unfortunately it has affected Brandon Cooks's scoring so his target's still there. It's just, um, I guess, the the chemistry and, and the connection of um, where the ball's being thrown is just not to Cooks' advantage. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a bounce-back game for him. And, um, you know, he still had seven targets on the weekend, uh, which is still quite good. But, obviously, you know, majority of them were around the line of scrimmage, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, yeah bounce-back game definitely when, uh, when Taylor's back in as the QB. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Brandon Cooks and definitely worth trying to uh, get a buy low if you can. But the guy that I think is probably also in that drop category we mentioned last week is Odell Beckham. He's just completely fallen off the place of the, of the face of the planet, Grace. He only had a couple of catches for 23 yards. I think he's just in the Allen Robinson basket. It's Odell Beckham, but you just can't roster him at this point. I don't feel particularly in the standard league. He's just not getting the usage and unless he has a, a random big play. I just don't think he's rosterable, which is really hard to say for a, such a superstar player. Yeah, it's it's amazing. When I first started doing fantasy, Odell Beckham was the guy you wanted with your you know, your first wide receiver pick, and now you probably wouldn't even pick him up after the draft. I don't think so. Um, it's a you know, massive turn in fortune. Obviously, injuries have played a little part in it with him doing his ACL, and now he's got shoulder injuries. But yeah, look, I, I don't know how he's going to come back from this. To be honest, Fitzy, it's it's a nah. it's a long way back. It certainly is, especially when uh, was last week Peoples Jones caught a couple of touchdowns and Jarvis Landry's back now as well. So there goes a few targets, but yeah, it's a, it's a, a shadow of his former self, Odell Beckham. And speaking of former champions, Julio Jones, I want to throw him in here as well. He only had a couple of catches for 38 yards on the weekend. I just don't know where to place him, Gracie. Obviously, he's in that run first offense. There is a few passing yards going around. He hasn't found the end zone this season just yet. He's missed a couple of games from injury. I was really expecting more from Julio to be quite honest. I was targeting targeting him in a few drafts. Didn't end up picking him in any leagues, actually. But I think this is probably a, you know, a good experiment for, experiment for the Titans to bring him across. But um, I just can't place him from, from here on. I don't even think he's worth uh, starting and, and barely worth rostering at this point, other than for name value alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost in the boat of, of you, you. there's better options out there and you could probably drop him because, as you said, it's a run-first offense. Then AJ Brown's the next man up. Um, there, Fitzy. So I just don't know how how he's going to get more targets and and um, and find that end zone. So because you know when they get near that end zone, who are they going to? They're going to go. They're going to get Derrick Henry to run it in. So um, or, or look for AJ Brown. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, probably leaning towards dropping him at the moment. 
Yeah, I'd probably be in that basket. So it's so hard because it's Julio Jones and you want to see what happened at the end with the Falcons. You want to see him do well, but it just doesn't seem to be happening in Tennessee. But let's move through to the tight ends and we've got to talk about your boy, Kyle Pitts. He followed up his breakout game with another huge one. He caught seven passes, 100, 163 yards. It's a lot of yards from a rookie tight end, Gracie. Could he be the number one tight end from here? We know Patrick Mahomes has got his issues, which is going to affect Travis Kelsey. I think there's a chance that Pitts could really push and finish the year as the number one tight end, which for a rookie is just unheard of. Yeah, it's huge. And um, I'm pretty sure he's the youngest ever quarterback to have back-to-back 100-yard game, uh, games as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. This is the Kyle Pitts that obviously we thought we would get. And um, it's just taken, obviously, six or seven weeks to see it. But, uh, yeah, I think... Now that he's got that connection with Matt Ryan, and um, look, I know their last two games have been against teams that are obviously not as strong as some of the others they'll come up against, but, you know, you've still got to get the job done, in my mm. opinion. So, um, you know, it was good watching his uh, his fantasy score go up uh, Monday morning um, while I was awake, just seeing it go up and up and up. And, you know, it would have topped it off with a, with a touchdown. It would have been nice, but uh, that's okay. I won't get too greedy at this stage. <laughs> No, I'm sure he'll find that end zone. But let's talk about a guy who we're talking about guys that need more love. Mike Jasicki. He followed up his solid game last week with another big one. He had seven catches off eight targets, 85 yards and a touchdown. And we've spoken in the past. He's been on our free agent pickups list. He has a real connection with Tua and he's an absolutely solid tight end. And I think he's another guy now that if he's sitting on the wave wire or the free agent list, you need to pick him up because I think he's going to have some value moving forward. He's a very underrated player, Gracie. I feel like when you start talking about that top tier tight ends, he's not far off, I don't feel. And I think he needs to be respected a bit more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the fourth or fifth scoring tight end at the moment so far this season. So, um, you know, he's built that connection with Tour and um, and and finding the end zone as well. So, yeah, if if, if you want to, you know, if you've got a, another good tight end and, and you want to get some trade, I guess trade bait of some sort, um, mm-hmm. pick this guy up and and you know try and get uh, try and get a good trade for him. So, um, yeah, he's definitely. Or you haven't got a good tight end, I'd be starting him every week at this stage and. Yep. Be interesting to see, you know, if, if Watson does get traded to the Dolphins and if, um, you know, if he does get cleared to play, whether that affects him at all. But um, at the moment, I think he's a must start. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And he's looking really good out there. But a couple of guys that are sort of tied together here, Zach Ertz and Dallas got it. Of course, we sort of spoke last week about how they would both benefit from the Zach Ertz trade. And it's already happened in the, in one one week, actually. So Zach Ertz, that touchdown pass he caught was unreal, Grace. I don't know if you saw the replay of that, but he'll work his way into that offense. The Arizona Cardinals are the, basically the number one offense going around other than possibly the Bills. So he'll slot in there nicely. And Dallas got it, had a really solid game as well. 70 yards, two-point conversion. These guys are going to both sit at the probably, I feel probably the lower end of the top 10, maybe sort of around 11 or 12, but they're all, all um, every week starters at this point, these two. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you'd be fairly comfortable starting both. And, you know, especially Ertz in that high-octane offense as well. Um, He's going to get plenty of opportunities um, in that end zone. Yeah, I completely agree there. And I'm a big fan of Dallas Goddard, actually. I didn't pick him up in any of our leagues, but I really rate him as a tight end. And we thought we'd give the duds of the week the sort of the week off because a lot of top tight ends were all on a bye. And there's a lot of injuries growing, going on with Kittles and Knox and all these guys. So we thought we'd skip over the duds of the week. But let's move through to the DST streamers. 
Gracie, and I've got a couple of good ones here. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals I've had on this list a couple of times. They're only only 23% of ESPN leagues, but they're up against the Jets this week. And of course, Zach Wilson is injured. So they've brought Joe Flacco back in to control a cent- uh, under center there. So I think they're a good play. They haven't really lived up to the expectation just yet, but I feel like this is the week and they should be available in a lot of leagues. The Cleveland Browns, man, they're going up against the Steelers. I think they're a very solid floor play this week. Their defense has been pretty good. The Steelers have been throwing the ball away quite a bit as well. Uh, they're not quite the same as they were. They're only 58% of leagues and they're sort of starting to creep into that must-start category. The Chargers is a random one I wanted to throw in there. They're only owning 2% of leagues, but I'm banking on your Patriots not replicating last week's form. I reckon that's a once-off. Happy to be proven wrong. They're coming off a buy as well, so they should be nice and fresh. And one I just wanted to throw in here was the Arizona Cardinals. I've spoken about them quite a bit on and off on the show. They're owned in quite a few leagues, but... Adams and Lazard are going to be out against Green Bay. So if any owners in your league have seen that they're playing Green Bay and drop them, I would pick them up and start them with confidence this week, uh, especially uh, being a week-to-week start defense. I think they're like number one or two in fantasy at the moment. So, Gracie, there's a few for your wave of wire, but I'm hoping the Bengals can finally live up to the hype I've been giving them probably the last three or four weeks. Yeah, look, the Bengals, um, as I said to you pre, pre-show, pre um, they've you know, struggled to replicate some sort of form, but yeah, I think the Jets without Zach Wilson there might be a bit of a bit of a good good week for them. So uh, definitely jump on them if if you haven't got them there. They, they'd be my pick of the week. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And I'm waiting for that big game from them, and then I can sort of start to rub it in a little bit. But let's finish off on the free agent pickups, of course. Waivers have possibly gone through in your league, but if any of these guys are sitting on the waiver wire, well, the free agency list, I think they're worth picking up. Gracie, I'll run through these. Let me know if any take your interest, but Jerry Judy is the first one. He's coming back this week. Of course, he had a monster start to the season, got injured week one. He's only in 66% of leagues, so if he's sitting on your free agency list, he needs to be added. He's going to be an instant start just about in the Broncos offense. Russell Gage had a really nice game too, Gracie. He's only only 9% of leagues. He caught a touchdown. I feel like he's worthy of a, of a pickup and play the matchups because, of course, Pitts and Calvin Ridley are going to draw a lot of attention from the defense. I feel like he can be a solid, probably flex play moving forward. I mentioned off the top of the show there was a guy from Green Bay I wanted to bring up, and that's Randall Cobb. He's back in town as of this season, if you weren't aware. I think if you're a little bit desperate at wide receiver, they're going to be missing Adams and Lazard, as mentioned. Robert Tonyan's a factor, but I reckon Randall Cobb has got one more big game left in him, a bit of a throwback to those. I think it was his rookie season or maybe his second season. He went bananas. The two guys from Philadelphia, of course, we know that Miles Sanders is going to miss some time. Kenneth Gainwell, we've mentioned before, he should be owned in your league if you've listened to the podcast, but Boston Scott has shown he's a worthy fill-in if called upon. He's only owned 1% of leagues, so I think he was picked up in our league, but if he's owned in any leagues, I feel like he's worth stashing because we've seen him do it before. And the last guy here, Gracie, Deshaun Watson. Of course, we have no idea what that situation is going to look like. But if you're absolutely desperate for a quarterback, he's only owned in 16% of leagues. Let's say you're a Russell Wilson owner or someone who might miss a bit of time. I feel like he's worth just stashing in there. You can throw him on your IR. Just sort of see what happens. But there's a few pickups for the week, Gracie. If any of those tickle your pickle, or maybe I've picked them all up already in our league and uh, and you're going to miss out. <laughs> yeah, no, I've missed out on the majority of those, unfortunately. So, um, But that's all right. I'll... 
I'll come back next week and pick up someone else. <laughs> Good luck to you. But I reckon Randall Cobb, man, I reckon that's my bold call. We'll get to yours in a moment. But I reckon Randall Cobb's got a two-touchdown game left in him before he sort of moves on because I used to love watching him play when he's first sort of sprung onto the league. Him and Jordy Nelson were unstoppable many, many years ago. But before we wrap up the show, let's hear the bold call of the week, Gracie. It's uh, it's a part we look forward to every week. And I'm uh, interested to see if it's got to do with the Patriots. But um, what do you got for us? No, it doesn't have to do with the Patriots, Fitzy. I'm going to back in uh, my boy Alvin Kamara again to have another 100-yard receiving game and uh, over 50 yards rushing and get the win against the Buccaneers, Fitzy, I reckon. I can just feel the Saints. uh, You know, Michael Thomas is due back soon. And, uh, yeah, I just just feel like, you know, they're 4-2. and Um, You know, they're going along okay. They've got a good defense. And I just got a feeling they might just halt the Buccaneers this week. Okay, that's a huge divisional matchup as it is. And if there's anyone in there that's going to take down the Buccaneers, it's definitely the Saints. And they are building something nicely. Jameis Winston, another guy that needs more respect. He's been playing pretty well this year. But thanks again for joining us. It is, can't believe it's episode seven, almost halfway through. Of course, we've got plenty happening around the Grey Wolf Network. We've got Talking Hoop started up. Maximum Impact is going strength to strength. We'll be back for another We're Old Now episode soon. It's all happening, Gracie. It's uh, it's exciting what's happening around the GW. But, of course, we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining me. No worries. Catch you later. See you next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.